Hi, welcome to the Tell It Like It Is program, The Kingdom Way, with Dr. Baker J. Baker. And um, I want to welcome you back. And we were talking about how do you see yourself? And that's one of the most important things in the world. How you see yourself is really how other people are going to see you also. Because, you know, there's an odor to what it is that you're exuding. And when you're exuding confidence or self-love and the love of God and allowing that, then there's a sweet aroma. Otherwise, what it is, is that you put yourself kind of like in a victim mentality or a victim state. And when you do that, you invite those things that you really don't even want in your life. Uh, I'm a an apostle that oversees ministries and different things and people. I, I help people and, um, you know, I'm really asking the Lord to revive my evangelism, you know, so that I can be, I, I can uh, actually go out more and look at people and wanting to do what it is that he wants to do in them. So, you know, I'll give you a little bits about me each time we, we meet, but that's about enough for today on me so far. At any rate, we're going to pray because we're going to talk about how do you see yourself and we're going to talk about the mind today. I'm going to give you a testimony of some things that happened to me and they happened recently. And so I want to encourage people. This is about encouragement. And um, and in this, there's going to be some lessons because what I want you to be able to do is to see yourself. And, and we're going to be talking about temperaments as we go on. We're going to talk about temperaments. I do this thing called um, helpful temperament moments. They're only about 10 minutes and I think they're on YouTube and uh, maybe Facebook or our Facebook thing or whatever it is. But, um, you know, and what they do is help you to identify different traits about yourself. It's not like you go online and get the temperament thing and think, oh my gosh, I know everything about myself because God made us so that we actually have five. Everything, you know, it's just like the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. How would it be if God gave us a temperament, if God made temperaments and he only did four? You know, that's not that's not him. There are five temperaments. There's a supine, there's a sanguine, there's a melancholy, caloric, and the phlegmatic. And in those, uh, he makes up, he actually makes up his five-fold ministry and which brings in all of us. I mean, as you read through the word of God, and we'll be going through some Bible studies and stuff to help you to be able to read through and how to be discipled and to disciple others and to be able to help you to be able to help yourself and other people so that you don't live in a religious way, but you live in the kingdom way. So Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And I bring every person that is on this call and every person that will join this call. And I thank you and I praise you for your goodness and your greatness. I praise you as we talk about the mind, the mouth and money and how people see themselves and what it is that they see and how it is that they act and react to what it is that they see. I thank you and I praise you that you will work in their behalf in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> last time or last week, we talked about um, loving someone that was despicable loving someone that was unlovely, loving someone that you knew more about than you knew about anyone. And that was me. He was telling me that I had to learn to love myself. And I did. 
How did I learn to love myself? Because I made a choice. I made a choice to obey God. You see, once you make a choice to obey God, then all of the other choices are out of the way. (laughs) When you realize that you don't belong to yourself, when I allowed him to take over my life, when I allowed him to come in, you see, the spirit of the living God came to live on the inside of me. And he said this, I'm not going to share you with any other. That means I'm not going to share you with all of those thoughts that are going on in your mind. I'm not going to share you with how it is that you want it to be. What it is is this. I came in to live and I came in to lead and guide you into all truth. I came to help you to do what it is that you needed to do. I came to help you to operate in a way that that uh, that you need to operate. I came to show you to uh, not only to lead and guide you into all truth, but to give you the answers that you didn't have. So how to act in a situation when there's an emergency, how to act in this situation, how to act and how to react, how to not be a reactor, what to do, how to think, and all of those things. All of those things come from him. All of those things come from the one that lives on the inside. But when the spirit of truth comes to live inside of you, he comes to take over. He does not come to be uh, uh, to to have your opinion and his opinion. Your opinion means absolutely nothing to him because his opinion is he is God. Understand this. He is God. He made you. You didn't make him. You didn't make you. He made you. Remember in the book of Genesis when it talks about the spirit of God was hovering over the darkness, over the deep. Here it is. And then God spoke and then he spoke and this is what happened. But he said this, even before the foundations of the earth, I had a plan for you. Even before I placed you in your mother's womb, I had a plan for you. He told Jeremiah that. He told him all that. He says, look, I had a plan for you. You're in my book. I have things written about you. So you were on my mind. And Jesus himself was crucified even before the foundations of the earth. So it meant that no matter what happened in life, no matter how it was that Adam did, no matter what it was, he says, I have made a way of escape for you. God always made a way of escape. He does that also. He says that in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, I think it is. He says, there is no situation in life that will come upon you, but God is faithful God is faithful and he will not allow you to go through any more than you are able to handle. But with that temptation, he plans a way for you to be able to escape. I just went through something just recently. Uh, uh, I had in July, my uh, I had a tragedy to happen with a grandchild of mine. And after then, uh, some other tragedies and different things happened in my life. And so I had some difficulties. I had some physical difficulties, some emotional difficulties, all kinds of difficulties it was. And <clears throat> what happened was this, is that I ended up having to go into the hospital. Well, when I went into the hospital, one of the things that I realized with this, and I'm not going to go into all the different parts of everything, but the, the part that's really important, the part that's important for you, because I have no problem with being totally 
transparent. No problem at all with that. But what I do have a problem with is sharing information that God didn't tell me to share because it's not going to be beneficial to you. Okay. So here it is. So here it is. I'm going through all of these different situations, all kinds of chaotic things happening around me. I ended up in the hospital. And, and one of the things that I knew, I knew that I had to hear from God. I knew that um, if I listened to what the doctors had to say, which they were very, I had excellent doctors, okay? But if I knew that if I constantly focused on the, uh, uh, the reports that they had, remember in the other program that I talked to you about, was being absent from the body to be present with the Lord was not necessarily dying in the physical form so that you could have your spirit with God. No, it's saying this, I will not pay attention to, I will not focus on, I will not magnify what the report says, whether the report is about my bank account, whether the report is about my 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 uh my children whether the report is about my physical body no matter the report is about my church the report is about my friends the report is about whatever it is i will not magnify that i can't afford to magnify that if i magnify that then what i'm doing is i'm yielding to the old man i'm yielding to the adamic nature that's like a little child that says pay attention to me look 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 at me look at me look at me look at what i'm doing look at what i'm feeling look at what's going on here but i knew if i did that i knew if i did that i would not come out of the hospital i had um as as they were talking i was listening Okay, as they were talking, I was listening to the Spirit of God. I don't know how this happened. I don't know. I'm using that scripture, the scripture that he gave me. The scripture that he gave me is he says, when you're into deep, deep junk, then I will help you. I will help you. I will make a way of escape. And what he did is he made that way of escape for me because what he did, he's had me to target on him. He had me to focus on him and not to focus on anything else. And while they were talking, I was able to block them out and remember the scriptures, remember the different things that he had said, remember the promises that he had, remember how it is that he works in my life. And so I had to focus on that. I continued to focus on that. I continued to look at that. They would come in and they would talk about this report and talk about that report. I think that's what they were talking about. And then they would ask me questions. How do you feel today? I said, I'm spiritually strong, mentally fit. That's how I am today. No, how do you feel? I just told you I am mentally strong. This, uh, I mean, uh, spiritually strong, mentally fit. That's how I am. How does your body feel? I haven't talked to my body about it. I am spiritually strong. I am mentally fit. And so they would ask, do you have any pain? I said, are you asking, does my body, is my body experiencing pain? Yes, the body is experiencing pain. You see, I had to separate myself even from my body. To be absent from the body. I had to stay present with the Lord because if I identified so much, and this is this part is just coming out, it must be for someone. 
because I had not even realized this before. If I had identified with what was going on and what was happening to my body, then what I would have done is that I would have become one with that. I would not have been separated from it. I would have been one with it. And so what happened is this, I said, my body, the body, the body, yes, the body is experiencing pain. And so they'd say on a one to 10 level, where is it? Uh, sometimes it would be nine and a half, sometimes 10, 10 and a half. Uh, uh, the pain is that is that sharp. You asked me the numbers, I gave you the numbers. That's all that I'm going to do. That's it. Uh, uh, um, uh, many of the days they said, do you want medication? And I said, nah, sometimes I'd say yes. Sometimes I'd say no. Sometimes it would be just, 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 just leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't have an answer for you yet. And I would wait. I would wait until I got an answer. Sometimes it was okay for me to have some, some, some pain medication. Some days it wasn't. Some days it wasn't okay for me to have pain medication because I was listening to another source. I was not even cognizant of that. I was not cognizant of the fact that I was so focused on him that what was going on down here, it was the, I'm in this body, but I'm not of it. I was in my seated position because I'm practicing that. I had been practicing that. And so it came and it came without me knowing. It was not a conscious, conscious thing. It was an unconscious, conscious thing. But it was one of those things that it was like, I knew that this was what I had to do. I knew that if I turned to the left, if I let my hand of weakness, if I let that hand, if I let myself focus on that, if I let it happen, then I knew what was going to end up happening to me. I was going to feel sorry for myself. I was going to question God. I was not going to be able to live in faith. And I was not going to be able to move by faith. I was not going to be able to move by the faith of God because it wasn't my faith. I didn't have such strong faith. But the people that were praying for me, the people that were around me, they were the ones that were praying. I had their faith. Their faith came in. Their faith came in because mine was weak. Mine was weak. My faith, my faith was weak. But I had people such as Apostle Cal, Apostle Miestas, my daughters, uh, Pastor Lanzine, and, 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 and I mean, just numerous guys. I mean, numerous pastors, AJ, Apostle AJ, and, 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 and all kinds of people. I mean, they were praying for me. My con the congregation that I oversee, they were praying for me. But the thing is, is this, I could not pray for myself. If I had not been in and had a strong relationship <clears throat> with people and realized, realize this, somebody's praying for me. Somebody is praying for me. I can't do this for myself. Somebody is praying for me. So I started praying for someone else. I started to look and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to say? I was so focused on what it was that I was to do how it was that I was to act and to react 
that I was not able, did not, because of the prayers that I would have prayed, the prayers I would have prayed at that time would have been such low prayers, would have been prayers of 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 self uh, of 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 uh, destitute. They would have been desperate type of prayers, or a prayer that wouldn't have done it. But I know that that would not have been a prayer of faith. And a double-minded man. See, I had to stay single-minded because the Bible says this. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and he will get nothing of the Lord. I had to stay single-minded, fixed on him. Okay, and that's what allowed me to be able to stay and to continue to do what it is that he said to do. So as I listened to him and I listened to him, I knew that I had to be out of that hospital by Friday. I knew that I had to do that. So every time they came in, I just asked them, what do you want me to do? What needs to happen today? How do I need to act and react today? What is it that I need to do? The only time I was kind of obstinate. Eh, okay, let me tell you something that happened. They brought me some cereal. They said, what kind of cereal do you want? Well, I really wanted oatmeal, but men people just mess up oatmeal. And I was not going to have them mess up no oatmeal for me, okay? So I said, I want cold cereal, but it has to have whole milk. I don't drink this uh, other milk. <coughs> because it reminds me of floor wax. And my mother used to have me wax floors all the time. We'd have to get on our knees, we'd pour the wax, it would look like this, this 2% milk. Anyway, so it was not something that I was able to do, okay? Anyway, so what happened was this. They brought me whole milk. Finally, I called down, or they called me up, whatever it was. They said, you're not eating. I said, because uh, I don't do half milk. You know, I, I, I don't. And they said, well, your diet says that you have to have this, this, this. And so I said, well, what do I need to give up in order to have milk? I'll give up whatever I need to have up. I'm not lactose intolerance. I'm not any kind of intolerant. Okay. Anyway, so they did. They, they did that. And then one day they brought this low fat stuff. And I told the lady, I said, I can't have that. I said, uh, I said to her, I says, um, I, I don't do half milk. I have whole milk. And she said, we don't even have whole milk. I said, well, take the breakfast. I'm good. I'm not hungry anyway. I'm okay. So she says, no, you need to eat. And I says, no, I need whole milk. And so she, she uh, I said, just dump it. I'm not going to eat this. I, I, I'm really not. So there's no sense in you doing this. So she called down. The, the dietitian people called up. And they said, okay, Dr. Baker, what are you saying? I said, whole milk. I've had whole milk all these other days. Why can't I have whole milk today? Being like a little child, right? I want my whole milk, okay? So she says, I am so sorry. She says, we will make sure that it's on there. They sent up the whole milk, and then I ate the breakfast, okay? Anyway, so that, that was the time that I was obstinate. I just wanted to let you know I was not the perfect patient in the hospital. But one of the things that happened, I was out of there on a Friday. Let me, let me share something to you. Let me share something with you here. On Thursday and Friday morning, it didn't look like I was going to make it. Thursday and Friday morning, my numbers and all of these things, they were just, they weren't right. They started to mess up. They started to go down my oxygen and this and all of this kind of stuff. <clears throat> but I had to do something. I had to make a choice. I had to decide whether I was going to live by sight uh, instructions, the flesh, whether I was going to look at those reports, because those were reports also 
or whether I was going to continue to do what it is that I've done. I had almost got off of it. I almost started to feel bad. I don't know. I think I called my daughter and told her that the numbers or something were, were screwed up and and here's what was going on. And, uh, um, um, you know, she with her know-it-all self says, it's going to be okay, you know. And I got I got ticked off at her, you know. She was right, but I kind of got ticked off at her because it's like, you know, she has this, she's a sanguine. Oh, everything is going to be okay. Everything will be fine. Everything is going to be great, you know. And I know this about her. And, you know, but I called her anyway. So, uh, you know, and if I'd have called my other daughter, that's the same one too, she'd have did the same thing. Oh, it's all going to be okay, mom. Oh, it's all going to be okay, mom. Everything is going to be okay, mom. You know, and sometimes you really don't want to hear that, but that's what you need to hear. What I wanted to hear was, oh, <laughs> what I wanted to hear was somebody feeling sorry for me. I didn't get that to my children. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God on that one too. Okay. <coughs> <clears throat> so what happened was this, the doctor came in on that Friday. He says, Dr. Baker, what have you been doing? And I said, I've been walking back and forth and walking back and forth and seeing how fast I can walk. He says, this is not a marathon. He says, no wonder your numbers, no wonder everything is like it is. He says, but I want to let you know something. You have done. He says, you have surprised me. You have done so much better than any of us thought that you would do. They were looking at my age. But one of the things of it is, is that I'm in excellent health. Okay. Uh, I'm not on any medication. I'm not on any of that. Thanks be to God. It sure hasn't been because, you know, uh, I've been perfect or anything. But what's happened is this, is that I chose to obey him. And when I obey him, I obey him in my eating. I obey him in, in, in my exercise, which is very little most of the time. Uh, I obey him in the things that he says to do. So what I'm telling all of us is this, obedience. And then I speak the things that he says about me. I do not speak the things that I see. So I live absent from the body to be present with the Lord. What does that mean? That means that I'm walk, I'm working at, and I work at walking in the spirit so that I do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And my lust of my flesh is Feel sorry for Baker. Feel sorry for yourself. You deserve it. You deserve to, to tell everybody every symptom you have. You deserve it to tell everybody what it is you feel. You deserve it to complain. You deserve it to whine. You have a right. You've been in this world all of this time. I'm telling you, don't do it. And then what happened? I came home. And I came home, and naturally I had to have oxygen. I'm having this oxygen. I came home on that Friday because I knew I had to get out of the hospital that Friday. Came home that Friday. On that Thursday, with love and unity, I'm, I'm one of the uh, senior. Uh, I'm one of the senior council members. On that said day, here it was. They were talking, and <clears throat> and 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 we were going through different things that had to be gone through. And um. So here it was, I was going to say something. Well, I pushed the button, this was on a Zoom. And what happened is I, I didn't have on my hair, didn't have on my wig, didn't have on any of that stuff. You know, I had on this little hat and this oxygen thing in my face. And I mean, I look sorry, okay? I look sad, okay? And, and, and here it was, and then I was trying to tell them how much I love them and I'm crying and no makeup on, right? I'm crying and going through these things. Well, my brother, Apostle Cal, 
We've been brother and sister for over 40 some years, or as long as we've been been saved, uh, really, actually. So it's been longer than that. But at any rate, he looked and he saw me with that oxygen thing in my face. And what happened was this. He spoke to it and he commanded and he he reminded me and reminded my body of the time that I was driving down Highway 17 uh, from Santa Cruz. And I was having what they called a stroke and a heart attack. And I could hardly see. Now, okay, imagine this. I'm driving in this little 560 SL Mercedes down this road that's windy, 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 can hardly see because what's happening is this, is that it seems like I'm having a stroke and a heart attack at the same time. I call him, he prays for me, I make it to the hospital. By the time I get to the hospital and they're taking all of their tests, they found a few things or whatever it is and I keep telling them, no, it must be wrong. No, it must be wrong. It must be your machinery. Because I, I remember that 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 uh, television program that uh, that girl played in, where the machine was wrong and showed that she had this this uh, this this illness or something, and it wasn't it wasn't the her, it was the machine that was wrong. It was telling everybody they had the same thing. At any rate, I kept telling them that, and so he reminded me of that, and he says you he says I saw you. Now listen to this: when you get a word, you pay attention to it and you act upon it. He says, I saw you last night and you did not have that oxygen thing in your nose. I immediately took that thing off. I took it off. And what happened was this. I have not had it back on since. Do you understand? And I've walked strong and my numbers have been strong. My oxygen level has been up. All of these things have happened. I had more energy yesterday and I will have more today. And one of the things that I tell my body is, you body, you have no memory of any sickness. You have no memory of any pain. You have no memory. I speak to my cellular memory and you're going to have to start to do the same thing. There's many of you out there that are speaking to your body and you're telling your body things that is going to destroy it. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. Please start to speak to your body. Tell your cellular memory. Tell those cells. Remember, remember who you are. You are not pain. You are not sickness. You are not disease. Body, you will remember no pain. You will remember only those healthy days. Body, go back because the word of God says, I will renew your youth as the eagle. And we obey God's word. We believe God's word. Yes, you continue to take your medication. You do whatever it is that you have to do. But out of your mouth, out of your mouth, you speak life into your body. You tell it who it is. You tell it what to expect. You tell it how to act. And I guarantee you, it will do what you tell it to do. It's time that we start to walk in a place and live in a place where we use our mouths for us rather than for against us. It's time that we start to speak what it is that we know that God wants for us. It's time for us to use our mouths or to allow God to use our mouths to speak his word, to speak his desire, to speak what Jesus paid for on the cross into our bodies. It's time for us to do that with our children, to do that with our grandchildren, children to do that with our great-grandchildren it's time for us to start to speak life and not death and in these last couple of minutes that I have I want you to remember to call us I want you to remember to 
I mean, to email us and to let someone help you to lead you into the salvation that you may not know. This is Dr. Baker with Tell It Like It Is, The Kingdom Way, signing out, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.